and welcome to Travel Stories with Marsh podcast, the first travel podcast in the Middle East. If you love the world around you and you love exploring landscapes, cultures, cuisines and cities, then you are in the right place because here every week we'll be talking to an incredible travel enthusiast who will take us on a fascinating journey around the world by sharing their travel stories. Today's very special guest is someone who truly believes in leaving behind a flourishing planet for future generations, a planet that is still thriving and is lush, despite the wounds created by global warming and other threats. Vikram Krishna needs no introduction in the world of banking. And after a 28-year-old career in the corporate world, today, as the co-founder of Sacred Groves, he is committed to saving forests and natural habitats around the world from destruction. Vikram, it's such a pleasure to have you here on the podcast today, and I'm so looking forward to going on a journey through nature with you. Well, thank you for having me over. I'm excited as well. So, you know, while doing my little research, which I just told you, I found that what you do now was actually, um, you kind of stumbled upon it by a visit to a forest. So tell us a little bit about <laughs> that. So um, we've been, um, uh, we went to Meghalaya mm. uh, and we visited a sacred forest uh, in Meghalaya. And that was quite transformational mm -hmm. because that was a time where Monisha and I, my wife and my co-founder, we were thinking about you know, buying our own forest and protecting it. Can I just interrupt and I like for people who don't know what is a sacred forest? Yeah, so sacred forest is actually a forest that local cultures, mm -hmm. uh, they pray to it. Okay. So it's it, it's an integral part of the local ethos and, uh, you know, customs. Right. And religion as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we came across the sacred forest mm -hmm. in, um, in Meghalaya. And I'd been reading about sacred forests as well. So mm -hmm. there are about 10,000 sacred forests in India. Mm -hmm. There's sacred forests in Japan and Peru and, you know, essentially all over the world. So I was curious what a sacred forest is. Mm -hmm. So we came across a person who uh, agreed to take us um, inside the forest. He belonged to the local tribal community. Mm -hmm. And in we went. And it was magical. And that was really the pivot when uh, the switch went on for Sacred Grove. So yeah. that really is the brand that we represent. And of course, now we're protecting forests in different parts of the world. And we've right. got now companies and people from 49 countries. Wow. <laughs> in, the, in the three years that we have launched. So there are many more mavericks like us who yeah. believe that, you know, nature needs to be protected. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we wouldn't want to do whatever we can uh, to make it happen. Yeah. No, of course, you know, nature needs to be protected. And the fact that, um, you know, this is a travel podcast, but, you know, even travel, I think, in yes. today's world comes with a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And, you know, I was going through your um, website and I'm just going to read some, uh, you know, statistics that I just saw, which is from the Sacred Groves uh, website, which says 40% of the assessed plant species are in danger, 3.16%. Right and then we've had one of the highest summers this year. So, you know, as someone who was out there so committed to saving, uh, you know, natural um, forests, etc. How do you think as a traveler, you know, people who are listening and people who actually love to travel, what kind of, you know, everyone can do a little something in their yeah. own way. So yeah. what can we do as uh, yeah. people who love the world and still want that nature around us? What can we do to protect it in our own little yeah. way? So we were recently, mm -hmm. we were in the Periyar Tiger Reserve in Kerala. Mm. 
and we were staying in a property called CGH Spice Village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is local. Yeah, um, the staff there is from fifty square kilometers. Food is locally sourced, mm-hmm. and they have a very clear policy of wasting as less as possible. So mm-hmm. most of the stuff that gets served to you mm-hmm. is is homegrown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the first thing I want to make a point is make sure that you're you you are staying if you're passionate about this. Yeah. You're staying in places that are doing something uh, because they ne- also need to be rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. need to be rewarded with business so that they can grow yeah. and you know scale that up and yeah. spread that. Second is if you're staying in a place where you find um, things that are not right, mm-hmm. yeah, give that feedback to the organization. Mm-hmm. And I'm amazed to see how respect, you know, how respectful, receptive mm. some of these uh, hotels and uh, restaurants are, right? Mm-hmm. So I make it a point, for example, I go to a restaurant and they, they serve me water in a plastic bottle, I refuse mm. that water, mm. yeah? And then the owner would typically come by, so is there an issue? And I, mm. and I would tell them that, mm. look, plastic bottle of water hurts our sensibility mm, mm. so therefore we will not have water in your in your yeah. restaurant mm. and i've had restaurants writing back to us saying that hey thank you so much for that feedback mm. it's taken us a month but now we switched over to these bottles and here's a picture of what we've done mm. um, a third is that wherever you go uh, try to make sure that your own footprint is as marginal as possible mm-hmm. right so for example when we do uh, forest travel we come across nature lo- lovers who have backpacks full of plastic products mm. yeah so it's just that when you're doing nature travel you need to understand the fact that you're a guest in that ecosystem yeah so you have a choice to make are yeah. you a good guest yeah uh, are you a welcome guest mm. and if yes then you know what should you do about that it's just respecting yeah. you know nature and leaving it the way it is supposed to be absolutely so you know coming back to the podcast now <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mm. i'm pretty excited to know where you're taking us on a journey today a recent month that I really enjoyed was um, a place called the Bay of Fundy mm-hmm. uh, in Nova Scotia, Canada. And we went to Nova Scotia because we're supporting forests there. Right. So uh, this is an area where I walked on the ocean floor. Wow. And, um, uh, you know, the tide rises by about 50 feet there. Mm-hmm. So uh, that area is also like a living museum. So when you walk on the ocean floor, the cliffs have about 300 million years of history. Mm-hmm. So we went with, you know, uh, a local who was very, very well aware mm-hmm. around. We walked in and then when the tide started coming in, we took the stairs back up and we saw the waters rising uh, about 50 feet. It was like a play with nature. It was like a play yeah. with nature. And then we zipped to another area mm-hmm. uh, because there's something called a tidal bow. Okay. So when the tide rises, yeah. right, so it rises um, and then rivers essentially become oceans yeah mm-hmm. so when the tide starts rising then the waves of the ocean g- defy gravity you know yeah. and then they go inland That's so when they go inland then it's almost like a tidal wave going in like you know five to seven kilometers so we rushed in to a to a to a river bend mm-hmm. and we actually saw for ourselves the tidal bow coming in and it brings a lot of nutrients so there's a lot of fish and there were a lot of birds and then there was this, yeah, I mean, we were just so fascinated by it. So tell us a little bit more about the Bay of Fundy since you really, you know, yeah. you're so uh, amazed by it. And, yeah. you know, tell us a little bit more about why, you know, anybody should go there. What are the attractions? Yeah, it's it just that, you know, just imagine uh, what would it be to walk on the ocean floor? Mm-hmm. Something you can't do anywhere. No, you can't do anywhere yeah. else, right? Yeah. And I feel that, you know, some of these places spark imagination in very different ways, mm. right? 
So when you're walking on the ocean floor and you realize that, you know, in a few hours from now, this will be 50 feet under. Mm. Mm, and you look around and you see puddles and you see creatures that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. You look up at the cliffs. It just, it just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. So it just captured my imagination. I never thought mm. I could walk on an ocean floor. Mm. Yeah? And I did. Yeah. So would you go back? <laughs> I would go back. You would go I, back. I would go back, yeah. Because I would like to experience it at different times of the day. Yeah. So the play of light uh, has a role to play Correct. in the yeah. experiences you get. Yeah. yeah. So the kind of pictures you can take uh, and the places that you can go further to. So I just saw one area. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just so, so amazing that you would yeah. really want to go back yeah. and kind of catch it at different to. times of the day, perhaps. Absolutely. So... You know, you you said you've been traveling since a very young age. And of yeah. course, now the way you travel is very different yeah. versus when you were younger. Yeah. Different times, different kinds of travels, just like that for all of us. But, you know, when you look back upon life, which is that one place that kind of, may, you know, if you think about it, like this is that one place that made you realize that you actually really do love travel. Or, you know, was it a nature trail since you're so much into nature? What was it really? So I think my first uh, travel uh, that really caught my very, very serious attention was when we went to Mauritius. Mm. Yeah. So this is about 25 years back and Mauritius was still really green and, you know, Mm. uh, nature was, you know, resplendent. So at that point in time, I went to an ebony forest. Mm. Mm. So I found that quite transformational yeah and then there were these botanical gardens that i went to as well and then there were some really interesting beaches there was a volcano Mm. so suddenly i found that in a in like two days i'd gone from a beach to a volcano to you know uh, there's so much to do there actually it's such a big island yeah yeah so that's when i realized that you know there's something special Mm, about this about this yeah yeah i think mauritius was the turning point yeah and after that we've done two to three trips every year Mm. to different parts of the world. Since you've been traveling around so much and nature is a very important part for you when you travel, which would be your all-time favorite destination or forest and why? So tough, right? So um, nature-based experience. I'll give you a few Mm -hmm. that I have Something which just comes at the top of your list. Yeah, I'll give you a few that are really top of my list. So... Uh, visit to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, two things I remember till today very distinctly. We went to a place called Waitamo Caves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in Waitamo Caves, uh, you have to go in a boat and you have to lie down on the boat. And then you go through these caves and you reach this area, which is a you know fairly large hall-like cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you reach a place where when you look up, it's like the night sky with stars. And these are glow worms. Wow. Yeah, so that was incredible. And then the other thing I really found fascinating was something called a tree fall. Yeah. In New Zealand In itself. New Zealand. So okay. we were in a place called Doubtful Sound, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically a fjord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the, these uh, mountains are like, you know, rocky mountains. And over the years, mosses and lichens form a base layer. Then the plants come and the roots intertwine. And then that creates a surface for larger trees. And then the trees grow. There reaches a point where the weight of the tree uh, cannot be managed by the underlying support system. Oh. So it's all, it almost tears off like wallpaper. So we saw a tree fall 
you know oh in front God. of us uh, happening i think that was really really stunning yeah then um i would also give a big shout out to philippines mm-hmm. i was stunned by the biodiversity that philippines has so mm-hmm. philippines has a few thousand islands mm. so we went island hopping in philippines um, how would you do that i've always been very intrigued about this island hopping in philippines yeah so we went to uh, coron islands mm-hmm. yeah so, so you we, fly so you so we were based in dubai then mm. so from dubai we went to manila and from manila we flew to coron islands uh, I still remember the name. it's called Busanga Airport. Mm. Yeah, that's another concept. Mm. So we reached Busanga Airport and then from there we went to the resort which was just the island was the resort, yeah. And uh, then we went went on an island hopping tour mm-hmm. from that resort over okay. the next couple of days, right? So just in one day just to give you the diversity of those islands and how different they are. The first island was a uh, island of caves mm. where one could snorkel and see breathtaking uh, biodiversity mm. second island was volcanic so you could climb up and then there was a fresh water lake in the middle of that island uh, the third island was i mean i i would never seen more fishes in my life it was like an aquarium wow. on steroids yeah so that was the third island the fourth island was a hot water spring so uh, this be- is all in a day uh, yeah all in a few hours right So then we were in that hot water spring and we'd done quite a bit of swim and you know climbed up mm. the mountain right so we were we needed that yeah you know that whatever sauna therapy yeah, yeah. and so here we were sitting in that area enjoying the benefits of a hot water spring so there's so much amazing yeah, so big the, shout out to and philippines the, and the last one was a you know tropical rainforest and it was so thick that yeah. there was only one trail that was going in and and so much in just yeah. you know in a Four day hours, And what Before was your base? What was your base? So Coron Islands. Coron Islands uh, yeah, was, was yeah. your base. So that's so where we were, we were staying. Okay. Highly recommended. I mean, you know, nature in every part of yeah, the world yeah. is just stunning. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Stunning. But you know, even when you travel, I mean, there's so much that happens with us, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we have good experiences, bad yeah. experiences. Some places you go with a lot of expectation and it doesn't turn yeah. out like that. So yeah. what is that one travel blooper that you must have had? So we were in uh, Vancouver mm. uh, and... Uh, we planned a 3 day to a place called kilona mm-hmm. so um, and it is it's a it's a beautiful country side and it's supposed to be the grape and wine country right and um, beautiful landscapes mm-hmm. so we were driving to kilona and um, suddenly i saw burnt fields around me mm-hmm. so i got down to on it to, to check what they are because that's our job as well mm-hmm. right so I got down we were looking at this examining it we were taking a few videos because we were wondering in the middle of nowhere why are these why are the fields burned and then suddenly we felt that the intensity of the smell of burn mm. had increased quite substantially mm. so we went back to our car and uh, we got an alert that there's a forest fire ahead so and it was all happening all live happening at the live, time right So you're like where is the forest fire where, you know we were looking in the distance and then we saw a thin cloud of smoke mm. yeah and then uh, we quickly realized that it's becoming bigger than we've ever seen and there were embers coming mm. towards us because you know when when the forest fire happens and hot air rises and then the embers get spread over many many kilometers so what you see in the distance could be a fire next to you in the next second it's that fast it's that fast right wow. 
So then thankfully I was in a good car so but I was on a highway and it's a one way street so I went ahead 4 kilometers towards the fire so I drove as fast as I could yeah and then I turned and I looked back in the rearview mirror the fire was all around us oh so that God. fire took 50 lives that day and a town of about 150,000 people had to get evacuated from that area so that was nightmarish yeah yeah So, so I don't think I would want to go back there again. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz that was pretty much a question of life and death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And how unprepared you are. Yeah. For for such kind of natural disasters. Yeah. And it just so happened that this year we'd also gone uh, to Mount Vesuvius in Italy. Mhm. And when we were up on Mount Vesuvius, we, I also saw the area all around Mount Vesuvius burned and apparently that was burned because of a forest fire. and a lot of it is human influenced Correct. circumstances yeah. right because when yeah. i studied why the forest fire had happened in that area mm. a lot of the biodiverse forests had given way to plantations okay so when you have a plantation right then one end results in the other end getting equally impacted another mm. one uh, that uh, i experienced that i didn't like at all was uh in bali uh in 2009 and that's uh, maybe that was also a trigger for us to become a lot more environmentally conscious mm. so i'd taken a family there uh to do a glass bottom boat experience and bali had these mm. fantastic corals at that time so we went in and i had taken a nice boat and i had planned for it and i'd seen videos of it as well and i had had a call with them so i knew what i was getting into mm. so we went on to the boat and for miles and miles and miles we only saw dead corals because a few months before our travel uh the area the temperatures in that area had heated up so all that we so we were looking up and not looking down so i wouldn't want to do that either yeah and this is yeah. really sad what you know is happening yeah, yeah. to you know nature around us absolutely so you know you gave us quite a few places which actually i haven't heard of before some mm. of um, even those little islands in philippines <laughs> but what would be your hidden gem if you had to give us one today so um since we're in dubai mm. um recently i went to a mangrove in kalba oh okay yeah mm. so that's like a 2 hour drive away from here yeah and it's a 300 to 400 year old mangrove mm. Mm. i just found it fascinating because we were able to go in and see a lot of things but what i love was that there's a endangered bird there called the arabian collared kingfisher and there only some 55 or 60 breeding pairs oh, no. left in the world and they're there and uh, we saw them and we experienced it yeah and we just loved it so in the uae there are a couple of these hidden gems so there's that people don't talk about yeah, and people yeah. don't even go actually Correct. yeah so i just came across that yeah. and um, somebody recommended it as well i read about it mm. and i said looks really interesting let mm. me drive by that's a beautiful drive um as well and you know so that's a that's something i would recommend and then we, uh, we when we started talking about this then we were also recommended the mangroves in abu dhabi mm. jubail island yeah those are very beautiful was, yeah which were fantastic yeah. as well now i also know that you're a bit of a foodie <laughs> so and you would travel for food you yes, said yes yes indeed so if you had to if you could travel around the world in a day mm. where do you think you would have your breakfast your lunch and dinner So breakfast I'd probably do in London. Mhm. Mm, I love the way they do their breakfast. Mm. Any particular place? Fantastic breakfast experiences. Uh 
so we've had one at uh, the Ritz and Savoy has been interesting as well St James Park was fantastic mm-hmm. so we've done a few breakfasts mm-hmm. uh, in London mm, lunch uh, I will do here in Dubai okay so my current favorite is Calicut Paragon Oh yeah, so I would go. That's an you know, old one, though. Yeah, it's an old one, yeah. but I love it. Yeah. Okay. So I just think it's absolutely fabulous. Yeah. It's recently been featured amongst the top hundred uh, restaurants. Yeah. Uh, in the world as well. Mm. Uh, for dinner, my God, there's so many choices. I would probably uh, look at Gagan uh, in, in Bangkok, Bangkok. Mm. Uh, or also um, I would say Bukhara mm-hmm. in New Delhi. In Delhi, yeah. Yeah. Or Jaipur. Okay. Jaipur has some stunning meal experiences. Okay. Amazing. So it's a long list. I mean, I can, I can just go okay, on Okay, sure. Them. Yeah. But uh, could you finish everything in Gagan? Because I couldn't. I did. <laughs> like I did. So it, yeah. it, is a 20, it was a 25 course. I know, yeah. right? I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and it it's was, Indian food, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. even it comes with like, I'm like towards yeah. the end, I'm like, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. But what was spectacular about Gagan is that uh, the 25th course, yeah. we ate that. Oh, uh, of course, I prepared myself for it. So yeah. seven days of starving. Yeah, I think I wasn't prepared. <laughs> so I... Starvation helps <laughs> yeah. when you want to focus yeah. on good food. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. So that was, that was quite that was So quite even remarkable. here in Dubai now, we know, you know, Dubai yeah. is so famous for all the food offerings. Oh I mean, God. we could just be here and yeah, yeah, dine. Yeah. I mean, like any cuisine, yes. you know, it's like yes. everything's around. Yeah. And you've been here for a long time. Yeah. So which are your favorite places for breakfast, lunch oh and dinner God. here in Dubai? Oh. So uh, this, I'll tell you this year's in- interesting experiences. So mm. we did uh, uh, Jones the Grocer at the West Beach. That's a beautiful area. And it's a really nice yeah. uh, experience. So that's breakfast. Mm. Mm. Lunch, well, again, Calicut Paragon is back. And then uh, dinner, there is so many options. But uh, we've always enjoyed Pier Sheik. Mm. It's been something that we've been going there for the past uh, yeah. know, 10 years or so. Yeah. And we just enjoy. Yeah, and the know, location. It's got that, yeah, the it's mix. got that vibe to it. Absolutely. And also, it got, it's got some memories around it as well mm. for us. So special mm. locations, reasons mm. to celebrate. Mm. You know. Yeah, and it's also very beautifully located. Yeah. So yeah. And if you if you have someone over and you know they just have a day, for mm. example. It's a nice way to yeah, get them to is. experience the city. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, you also spoke about this really fabulous experience in Kalba, which I'm looking forward to going yes. actually. But is there any particular one experience in the UAE or in Dubai that you would highly recommend for anybody visiting? I mean, any nature trails here that yeah. you think would be really fantastic? So uh, I stayed in uh, Kasar al-Sarab in Abu Dhabi, which I thought was quite spectacular mm-hmm. because in the middle of nowhere. Like a staycation. Like a staycation. Yeah. So those dunes are really special mm. the nights are special as well because mm. you can see the night sky full of stars and they do a very good job mm. you know in, in curating that mm. experience that's the Anantara um, right mm? it's the Anantara yeah. there yeah then the other one that I really loved was the Al Maha uh, mm. resort which is not too far away yeah. from Dubai yeah I thought that was just stunning mm. and uh, what makes it even more interesting from our perspective is that they uh, are, um, you know, they're taking care of the Arabian oryx. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was at one point in time almost near extinction and now it is still endangered. Mm-hmm. But they have a very successful program right. uh, for the past many years where they have been able to increase the population and that's flourishing. Mm-hmm. So we love that experience as well. 
It's special yeah. because of it that. So you so would good. like highly recommend for anybody who wants to see the Arabian yeah. Oryx yeah. in its, yeah, yeah. you so know, in its Anybody who wants to experience the, na- the natural habitat of the region, mm. these would be two um, good places. Mm. So what's next on your list of travel? What's up there in your bucket list? Uh, so uh, one way we're looking at more forests to support in Canada. Yeah. So the one that we have in Nova Scotia is a part of a UNESCO biosphere. So mm-hmm. it connects North Atlantic Ocean to Haley Lake, and these are these are bird sanctuaries all around us. Mm. So I'm looking at more forests to protect. Mm. Um, so for that, I'm doing a lot of travel. Um, we're looking at a few places in India. So mm-hmm. near your home in Kaziranga. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so okay. we, are, we are hoping that with the government of Assam, mm-hmm. uh, we're able to make a difference in extending the rhino habitat area. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, Goa, mm-hmm. uh, we are talking to the government there to see if uh, degraded lands can become you know, flourishing landscapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a very interesting conversation on right now in Orissa. Uh, for mangrove uh, restoration. So, so all these travels yeah, are coming up. So these up, three yeah. travels are you know, imminent yeah. uh, in India and equally in Canada. Mm-hmm. We're also looking at going back to the UK uh, in summer next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we travel and visit our forests in Wales. Mm-hmm. And I do the forest bathing, which I spoke to you about mm-hmm. over there. Um, it's quite spectacular because the mosses and lichens actually form a carpet, which is probably one feet Right? Mm-hmm. And then you, when you're walking on it, it's almost like you're floating in air. You know? wow. So it's a great experience. Yeah. And we, you know, we spend some time there. Yeah. So that's coming up next. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a long list. We've almost come to the end of the podcast. Uh, I hope you know we've been able to tell our listeners about sustainable travel, <laughs> if I can call it that. I'm definitely going to try and be more responsible. So thank you very much for this, uh, Vikram. Really appreciate you coming in here for the podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me over. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope our conversations have fueled your wanderlust and inspired you to explore the world in new and exciting ways. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a comment below and let us know what you thought of today's episode. Until next time, safe travels and keep exploring.